welcome to another episode of Ordinary Old Catholic Me. It's six o'clock in the morning on Friday, June the 11th, and you may say to yourself, what the heck is she doing recording her show at six o'clock in the morning? She's not a morning person. A day before she usually publishes, well, Maybe in the background you can hear my portable uh, washing machine going. And while I may sound pretty cheerful, I am not. And while I was wallowing in my lack of cheerfulness while washing some bedclothes, I thought to myself, hmm, I think I may have something I need to talk about that will, I think, connect to... A religious aspect of things and directly into Catholicism. Now, I'm not 100% sure about that, but let's see where it goes. Entirely spontaneous and a way to both talk about the realities of life as a Catholic, as a human being generally, but maybe to see if some lesson, some insight comes of it. I was actually sitting in a little rocking chair, fuming when the idea to talk about what's happening came to me. So, here we go. I guess it has to do with dominion and how dominion can be exercised, how God exercises his dominion over us, his creatures, and how we exercise our dominion over the things of the earth, over the other creatures, and how the two either mesh or diverge. I'm what you might call a cat woman, a cat lady. I love cats. I have had many, many cats over my years. They have each had different, distinct personalities. And one of the reasons a lot of people aren't cat people is because a cat is completely independent this is true equally of the cat that's out in the street that is foraging for its very survival as well as for the house cat that gets all of its needs met while they have their loving moments they can be furiously unwilling to have anything to do with you in your very own home about two and a half years ago i inherited a tortoise shell female cat at the time, I had two other cats, both boys, and both quite elderly. Kelly, that's her name, was only going to be a temporary visitor, but as things turned out in my friend's life, and because Kelly got used to being here, she became mine, effectively. She is a butterball. She came to the house a butterball. She remains a butterball. I can't say that she eats more than the other cat, but somehow or another, she's fatter than the other cat. And constantly, she demands food. She is often a delight, greeting me with her belly up when I come home, expecting to be petted. She even talks to me in a way. We can actually have little conversations, me, verbal like this, and she sort of fluttering in her meowing. Overall, she's been a delight. All cats, when they want to eat in the morning, will go through all sorts of gyrations to get the sleeping person or the slightly awake person out of bed to feed them. 
if you've ever seen something on Facebook called Simon's Cat, you get a very good idea of the lengths that a cat will go to get you out of bed. Swatting the tail at you, meowing endlessly and right into your ear, pawing your face. Now, I know some of you who are not cat lovers find this absolutely horrifying, but in fact, it's rather part of the pleasure. It is a sort of an interaction with them that is almost on a personal level, a one-on-one -on -one level. I don't anthropomorphize my cats or any of my animals, but there is a certain interaction that is extremely engaging. And just like children, they can seek to irritate you, even to make you angry. But of course, from their animal position, they're not doing it necessarily to get you angry, but to get your attention. They like to modify your behavior. If I can get you out of bed, says the cat to himself or to herself, even if she's upset, she's gonna feed me. Just out of pure frustration. Now, if you've done any reading about cats, you will find out that they can also be, in addition to being frustrating, can be a bit vindictive. There's, of course, scratching the furniture. You don't want them to scratch, particularly when they want to get you out of bed. That one doesn't bother me so much because I don't keep extremely expensive furniture, having been a cat lover. And these particular cats haven't been particularly bad about doing that. But this morning, something new was added and I didn't get my usual amount of time before I had to make a move because it became urgent right away. My very beautiful Kelly, and I know it was Kelly because it all happened so quickly and she was on the bed when it happened, decided that I wasn't moving fast enough for her this morning. Although I don't know why this morning was different from other mornings. And so she let forth a rainfall on my bed as if she had saved it up especially for this purpose. If you know anything about, well, cat pee, you know that you can't wait to clean something up. It permeates everything. So I had to move quickly. In fact, I'm moving quickly now because I'm washing some of the stuff. I had to get up and pull everything off the bed immediately and begin the task, which will probably go on for an hour or two from now, to wash thoroughly my bedclothes and the several layers between them and the mattress. Those of you who are not cat lovers can now say, Ew! What did Miss Kelly do while I was removing the bedware and running to wash it? She went directly to the kitchen and meowed furiously. She was not meowing in apology, just in case you're wondering. She was standing by her dish and demanding food. Meanwhile, the other cat who did not do this has been hiding since the whole event began. I can tell you that my sense of fury is immense, was immense a half hour ago, 45 minutes ago, remains immense right now. I wanted to yell. I wanted to chase her about the house. And if I caught her, I think I was so angry that 
I didn't know what I could do to her. I was so angry. And you'd think I couldn't get angrier. But I went back into my bedroom to pick up another item. And there was a further gift, which tells me that it was done on purpose. She left me a big pile of poop in the center of my now stripped bed, except for one layer. I have had 11 or 12 cats in my life. I've had senior cats that couldn't help themselves and had a little leakage on my bed, but I've never, ever had a cat, any animal, that did something quite as dramatic as what happened this morning. Nor, did I say, as vindictive as what happened this morning. Talk about biting the hand that feeds you, or rather, biting the hand that has not yet fed you. I just stopped this recording for a moment to remove some of the wash and then to put some more into the wash. And right behind me was the cat meowing for food. And you know what I said to her as I was walking back here to my little program recording site? I said, what you did was unforgivable. And just now, as I said that, my little white cat, who had come out hoping for forgiveness for something she didn't do, again, anthropomorphizing, just ran back into the room because she sensed a sound of dissatisfaction in my recording. I can tell you this, if there's such a thing in a cat, Kelly is unrepentant. And I'm thinking, now, what I've been doing instead of yelling, which is to be completely quiet and just go about my business of fixing things, I'm hoping that she will not associate her bad behavior with getting food and will not do this again. Let us hope. Where does God come into all of this? As I was sitting in my rocking chair, fuming away, I had a thought. Given how I feel about this little creature, this cat that doesn't have a sense of right and wrong, although based upon her behavior, I am not entirely sure. What must it be like for the God of the universe in dealing with us? I was so angry. I'm still so angry that my first thought was to destroy, if not the cat, everything else around me just out of a pure anger. And you know, here's the reality as between me and the cat. I'm the one who has the quote, the power. That little creature couldn't stand up against me if I were of a mind to harm it. And how many horrible people do we know out there who will do something to an animal and not because they've been difficult in any way, just because they're there. And here I am angry the first time this little creature did something like this that seems to be directed to me that is completely disregarding of this good life that she has. Now, obviously, the comparison does not work entirely. As a human being, in relation to God, I have a sense of rationality. When I take an action, generally, I know what I'm doing. But there are those times when I do things out of a pure, I want to say vindictiveness, but 
just out of a pure, this is what I want to do, I'm going to do it, and I don't care. That's certainly what it felt like to me as the one in the higher power position in relationship to this cat. But there was enough of a sense of comparison that I remember thinking as I was sitting in that chair, in that rocking chair, still fuming, that how must God feel, if that's the right word, but how must God view every time we do something that basically poops on his goodness, that basically says, here's what I think of the world you've given me, of the life you've given me, of the rules you've given me. And if my own sense of wrath at this little creature scared me and surprised me, and the fact that I could exact retribution on this little creature, how much must God's sense of wrath be for we who abuse his goodness? I don't know, in the minutes since all this happened, perhaps I'm overestimating the comparison. And actually, it's not really a comparison. It's a, just a sense that here I was all worked up about this one event and how wrong it was from an animal, how God must perceive us when we moment after moment, day after day, month after month, year after year, millennia after millennia, just do what we want and act as if he has no reason to respond and at least to chastise us just a little, or to wipe us off the face of the earth as what essentially happened at the time of Noah. I've heard people, and I probably said it myself, how cruel a God must be that he would destroy his creation. I just happened to get up and pause this recording to do some more work on my laundry, and the cat came into the kitchen and meowed at me in expectation, demand, if you will, that I should ignore everything and feed her. She's no longer making a connection between what I'm doing and the fact that she caused it. You know what I said to her? Completely unrelated to all of this, but related to all of this. I said, I do not know you. And then I went back to this recording. Can you imagine? That's one of the things that God can do. He could say, I do not know you. But going back to the question, was it cruel if God destroyed us in the flood? Well, I suppose if you view yourself, if I view myself, as on a par with God, as if I am also God, that we are in some kind of competition, I suppose I do see it as terribly cruel. The fact is, we are his creatures. He gave us free will. And when, in time, he saw that we exercised it in a way that was so profoundly antithetical to the gift that he had given us of life, he started over and simply preserved those few who followed his will. But the fact is, we've learned nothing in all of this time. We seem to have learned nothing even though the most profound gift 
has been given to us, the gift of the redemption. And in this, I see a comparison between what has happened this morning. Here I have this creature that I take care of, that I love, that I pet, that I, I, I want to have the best in its little life. And yet it does something like that. Again, it is not sensible to what it is doing, at least not like we are. And that's the point. We are sensible to what we're doing. Oh, we can say, I don't believe in God. Well, that's one way to rationalize what you're doing. If there's no God, as Dostoevsky said, everything is permissible. But unfortunately, whether or not there is a God is not dependent on my belief in him. So what am I getting to? What I'm getting to is that considering the millennia of history in which man has disregarded God, instead of immediately destroying us again, which he could, he gave us another chance, a really, 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 really big chance, because he offered something that heretofore had not been given to us in history, in our time. He gave us his son as our example. He joined himself to humanity in the most extraordinary way, and he's given each one of us an opportunity to listen to him, to obey, and not, shall I be somewhat blunt, to poop on the gift that he has given to us of our very lives, of our very existence. Unlike my little cat, who's never going to be sorry for what she did, we have the ability to express sorrow and to start again with our Lord. Instead of destroying us, wiping us off the face of the earth, he gives us this special chance via a special mediator, Jesus Christ, the second person of the Trinity, who is in nature, two natures, God and man, who exists in heaven as God and man. When you think of the things that we human beings do every single day all over the world, the cruelties we impose on others, the disregard for God's laws, it is purely amazing that he does not destroy us immediately. Here I was, this human being, this plain old human being, furious at what a cat, a creature, did. What must it be like, if one could even begin to fathom it, for God to see our constant vindictiveness, which can only really be towards him. In some ways, it's worse for a believer to do the things that we do in sin, because we know with whom we have a relationship, and we do it anyway. God's goodness is so undeserved, and in a way, it's embarrassing that we human beings act with such malice or reckless disregard without malice in response to the gifts that he has given to us. And miracle of miracles, he loves us anyway. So I just took another break to swish my laundry some more and I relented, it being about an hour and 15, 20 minutes since the events that began 
everything today, my day, this recording, the laundry, all of it, and I fed Kelly and her brother, who came peeking out to make sure it was safe. I'm concerned that she's going to do this again at some point in the next week, tomorrow, and it's really unpleasant and very angering, but I guess I've forgiven her, even though in her case she hasn't repented at all and is never going to, in that she is a cat. She is not a human being who, understanding her relationship with God, insofar as we limited human beings can understand anything related to God, but we know that we are creatures and he is the creator, though we never act that way or rarely act that way, we have the opportunity to repent before it's too late. No, I'm not going to yell, repent, the end is near. It may well be, but I'm not going to yell it. And of course, I don't know the day or the hour. None of us do. But I guess the thought that I have in closing is that God is most amazing that in his relationship with us, he has held back his hand as much as he has. That his love gives us endless opportunities to love him in a smidgen of the way he loves us. I guess after experiencing the level of anger I had at this creature, this little creature, I marvel at God's restraint towards us that can only be motivated by the profoundest love, a love that we could not even begin to understand, to approach, to fathom. There's some other kind of lesson here too at least for myself, it has to do with my human need to force things to be as I demand them to be. So in the small, in the microcosm here, to try to force this creature into behaving as I expect it to behave, when in fact it's natural to do what it does. And I still love it the creature I mean, not the event. And it teaches me that not only am I trying to control this little creature, this little world around me, but in some senses, I too try to control God. And when I don't get my way, I sin. I behave vindictively or, again, with this reckless disregard that in its nature, in its consequence, in its disregard itself is inherently vindictive. So as I finish recording this podcast for tomorrow, it's 7.30 in the morning and I have the whole day before me. Perhaps just today I can stop trying to control what happens and simply savor the gift with all its bumps and obstacles. So, as I go to have another cup of coffee, it being really early for me, and continue doing the laundry, which I think will take another hour or so, I leave you for the week, and thank you for listening, and hope you'll come back next week. <laughs>